one of the challenges that we realize there's not enough to right. say degrees happening around the country. And most of the names people don't know. Mm. So I think we have to go to the DOJ in force and say to them, listen, we got thousands of names. And we believe these names are connected to patterns in local law enforcement that's going unchecked. And we know more individuals are going to die because of it. Because the consent decrees, again, like that happened after Rodney King. And different administrations, will, and the Trump administration came in and they ended them. So we really need something in place that takes the consent decrees to the next level. The community of individuals and families who hold these names near and dear have to go to the DOJ and make this a priority. And I think it also gives us the ability to begin to think and organize together because yeah. people have to realize the, the gravity of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with folks being lynched in 2023. And really? now are we dealing with folks being lynched. We're dealing with folks being black folks being lynched predominantly with no accountability, Not no recourse, no. nothing left to deal with that trauma, right? Yeah. But we need to talk about what the next level of pressure and accountability looks like, because I think we have to go beyond consent decrees as well. Good evening, my name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was killed by DC Metropolitan Police, October 1st, 2019. I'm here with my uh, wonderful co-host, LaToya. Good evening, LaToya. How you doing? Hey, good evening, you guys. My name is LaToya Benton. Um, I am the mother of the wonderful Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed by two Virginia State Troopers at the age of 18, January 9, 2021. I am honored tonight to be joined by two other wonderful ladies. Um, I'll let them give the intro of themselves. So, Wanda, do you want to go ahead and go first? Tell us who you are, please. Um, yes, um, thank you, um, Queen. So my name is Tawanda Jones. I am the sister of Tyrone West. My brother Tyrone West was brutally executed in Baltimore City by 17 killer cops on July the 18th, 2013. Thank you, Tawanda. Thank you, Tawanda. Larissa? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me, ladies. Happy to be here with you three ladies. My name is Marissa Barrera. I'm from California. My brother is Michael Barrera. He was killed by five Woodland police officers. He was murdered in 2017. And I've just been in this fight ever since. Thank you. We, um, we're pleased to have you both this evening. Not the circumstances that bring us together, right? It's, uh, it's a part of a, we're part of a group that nobody wants to be a part of. But could you tell us a little bit more, um, Tawanda, about what happened with your brother? Um, yes, um, thank you. So unfortunately, my brother was an unarmed man and he was driving while black in a murder car. And the reason why I say that because men, women, children can get murdered by law enforcement officers and nothing is done, no one's held accountable. But he literally borrowed my vehicle to go and pick a young lady up that he barely knew that um, she was stranded, she needed a ride. And I wanted him to go and pick up my daughter afterwards. And unfortunately, he was murdered um, 30 minutes after he left me. And it's just sad, like, I mean, tortured, beat to death in broad daylight 
by 17 armed men and women. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's really sad and disgusting. And for 10 long years, 530 weeks, my family, my coalition, we've been fighting for accountability nonstop. It's just sad. And then the fact that the medical examiner's office played a major role by literally covering up the murder of my brother with Dr. Fowler's um, signature on it makes it even worse. It's just so, so on the, from your experience, and you all have developed, I want to say it's West Wednesdays, right? Yes. And you said you've been gone, you've, how long do it took them again? About 530 weeks. Okay, and that's West Wednesday that we have, and that's the podcast you guys have. So it's kind of to reiterate, y'all, um, I want to just drive a point back as far as the town hall and what happened today. If you didn't read the title, we're talking about different podcasts that are out here. If you notice from the introductions, Marissa is in California, uh, Tawanda is in Maryland, and we are in the DMV area as well. So it's a coast coast thing. The whole point of having this podcast is to discuss not only our cases, but to also discuss the avenues that families can um, have in order to um, get the, the, their stories heard out there. Marissa, can you also tell us what happened to your brother and what? Um, when the case happened. Yeah, so Michael was targeted by the cops who killed him. Um, It had been happening just the weeks leading up. He had an interaction with the fifth officer who finished killing him. And uh, essentially he suffocated him, um, cutting off his oxygen supply. Um, He was at his house when it happened. There's still a lot of stuff that is not too clear that we'll probably never know, but we do know that he was at his house when it started and it led to a foot chase. Uh, Michael was already telling us about threats and prior interactions from some of the officers involved threatening his life. So when it happened, you know, it was, it was really crazy. Uh, They ended up also beating my brother um, on the street. Uh, Five of them, they also excessively tased him and, um, just recently, I came across, because as families, we've had to do a lot of this work ourselves uh, when it comes to the investigation, the awareness, trying to get justice. Recently came across some of the audio that I hadn't personally listened to yet because there was a lot of hours. So this audio was after my brother was killed and you know things were finishing up. And you hear the officers laughing about it. They're laughing about killing my brother. And one of them says, you know, he dropped to the ground and I was like, should I stop beating the fuck out of him? So uh, I always knew that my brother was beaten and uh, that what they did was really wrong. His last words were, I can't breathe. And he cried out for help and, and begged for his life um, when they were killing him to breathe, uh, to stop. Why are they trying to kill him? And um, yeah, the officers were also calling him by name. So they already knew who my brother was. and. Uh, we're currently in the, you know, the officers got cleared, but we are hoping to reach our trial, our federal trial soon. Um, I feel like every time I talk about my brother, I'm saying this, but it keeps getting pushed back. So um, hopefully in this next year, we can make it. And Larissa, what you guys have, is it a Voices of Strength? That's the podcast. Is that, am I right? Yeah, it's a Voice of Strength. It's a nonprofit organization. And we, when we first started in 2020, that's what we kicked off with uh, is a series of interviews with impacted families. So 
So we've had a lot of families, different states and different um, experiences join and share their stories with us on there. So how have you found um, doing the podcast has been, has impacted or helped with impacted families? Even yeah. Sorry, I'll, I guess I'll go since I heard no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. So it actually, my idea with starting it, because at that time, there was uh, one other one where I knew of where I had actually been a guest with them. And it was, you know, nice to, I've done a lot of interviews. So it was nice for me. This podcast was done by a man. And then he had a couple, he would have impacted families join as hosts and have different impacted families come on. That's kind of how he did it. And I thought that experience was so much better with, sorry if you guys hear my kid in the background. Um, but my, <laughs> my experience was so much better where I was speaking to an impacted family about my experience and they're actually believing me. They're hearing me. They're not looking at me like, I'm some cop hating lying person with a crazy story. They actually are feeling me. And uh, if a lot of us have done interviews, you know, some of those end with feeling off, like it's not, it wasn't a good experience or whatnot, but I really felt it was important to, I know a lot of families in different States. And I know I'm in California where there are a lot of families I've been fortunate to meet with families, I can call families and meet with him, them here in Sacramento. And some families don't have that. And, you know, I've, let, I've met a lot of moms who are isolated in their areas, maybe no community support, but they hadn't gotten to share their loved one's story, their children's story. Often it was their children. So I thought this was a great way for some of the stories that are not, don't have a lot of attention or people maybe don't even know about. Um, to share their stories, the forgotten ones, the ones that don't get that love and support. And then also all of us sharing our testimonies, the truth of what our families experienced. I felt like having a, a library of all our different stories, because essentially when you listen to them, they're all like have the same get down and similar right. stuff, no matter if it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And it's just, you know, it's, I'm getting the chills right now because it's so creepy and it just shows it's not, these are not coincidences. They're not accidents. The cover-ups are done maliciously. Yeah. I thought that was important. And then also I have had a lot of families that just were like, thank you. This is the first time I ever spoke about my son. This is the first time I shared my story and it does help. Uh, it, it is hard to keep listening it's to the story. Yeah, you know, we feel it. We feel it every time I cry for your guys' loved ones. Just like, you know, for mine, when I hear new stories, when I hear people's, you know, you hear those details, it's just really crazy and it's wrong. So just like really to said, uplift. Uh, even when it comes to somebody understanding you, um, Tawanda, when Xavier first got killed, I was on Tawanda's show. Um, and as far as it being like a safe space, you know what I'm saying? I knew that she understood uh I'm I'm still angry, right? But just knowing that I could speak to her um, and just be able to, I, I I don't even remember probably Twanda what I even said on your show. I just know I was there, right? And I know that I needed to have that outlet to be able to speak to somebody about Xavier's case because when the media is gone, 
it's like, nah, I want to still talk about my son. I want people to still understand what happened to my child. So again, uh, Tawanda, how long have you said you guys been going for? I, I know since uh, your brother had uh, gotten killed. How do you yeah. find it? I've seen you have been, um, y'all do some live stuff too. I've seen you out in the streets of Baltimore, yeah. out there in the streets for real. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. So when my brother was murdered back in 2013, literally we took to the streets, like we were shutting down town hall meetings, but it was more so I had to vent, like you said, like I went through a season where when my brother was first murdered for the first, I wanna say almost 30 days, I could not speak. And I had one of my uncles to represent my brother. And doing all that, like, I was just like, I was like, I, I felt like a zombie, like I was just dead, like I was gone, like with my brother, like, when they murdered him, they murdered me, but I still wanted to do something. And that's why we started West Wednesday, and we were literally boots on the ground, out in the streets every week, I don't care if it was raining, like, it was to the point says that even when I would call out for work, because it would be so treacherous, like with ice storms, dangerous. I literally would show up to West Wednesday on them corners, freezing cold, treacherous weather. And I used to have people in the beginning like, well, won't you postpone it? And I'm like, they didn't postpone murder my brother. When they come and kill our loved ones, they don't think about the time, date, or any of that. So I don't care if I got to be out there by myself. I'm going to be out there wherever people join me or not. And that was my mentality and how I started. And then from that point, I started speaking out after I was able to like, because I'm like, can't nobody tell my brother's story like I can because I was with him. Me and him, like this was my everything. He was like a father figure to me. He helped raise me. I was with him. He was my church buddy, everything. So literally when we started that platform and I've noticed that when the media first was early on the stage, I noticed how they try to isolate families. They try to make it seem like these are isolated incidents when it's systemically happening worldwide. And I'm like, oh no, before you talk to my family, I want you to interview Anthony Anderson family who was murdered and slaughtered a whole year before my brother came to be murdered, you know, and, and that's how I started. And that's how it's always been because like, and that's like the sister said, and me even hearing her talk about how her brother was murdered. I hear those airy things that happened to her brother happened to my brother 10 years ago. Like he was screaming, he couldn't breathe. He was pepper spray, tased and tortured. And then they let an uh, officer from um, Morgan State University, David Keller Lewis, sat on my brother's back while he was in a hog tie position, handcuffed. Witnesses said my brother was gasping like a fish out of breath. And this maniac sat on my brother's back until he was dead, gray, dead, on the scene of Kentmore Causeway. And it's just sad, like how they'll lie and say, oh, well, your, your loved one died at the hospital. No, he was dead. That's why the ambulance pulled up at the scene. They stayed out there for a good 35 minutes and to take them to a hospital that's two minutes away, two minutes away. And that's not even speeding. Like, so if they would have got him there, they could have got him to the hospital literally in a minute. Good Sam Hospital, literally two minutes away driving. And it took them 30 minutes to actually pull off. So we knew that he was there, but the whole point and the question that you asked me, I knew early on that this was something needed. 
It was it happened way before my brother even was murdered. People were getting murdered out in the streets. But to actually make that connection and let them know that this is bigger than just a raindrop. This is a rainstorm that we are tolerating every day for no reason. And they try to, like I say, downplay it. And it's just like the same game, but different names. They just kill our loved ones. They get away with it. They laugh. They joke about it. And it's business as usual. And in my case, I'm like, it's never going to be business as usual. We just got finished shutting down a town hall meeting with the potential um, so-called selected um, commissioner, upcoming commissioner, Wally, that they just want to elect for no reason. When he was there, when my brother got murdered and plenty of people and he was covering up, he's a part of the reason why, you know, people are getting murdered and covering up and they want to put this man in, you know, place as our top cop. Like, that's ridiculous. So, yeah. Well, let me ask y'all a question. Let's talk about this because while we're talking about podcasts and um, we both just said, as you said, you started the podcast, you said it, and the rest said it as well. You started the podcast because it was needed. Um, and quite sure you both know that when we had COVID, they had stuff like, um, what was it? Um, I can't think of that app it was called. Some app they had out here. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was more so functional, like dual rooms they had for discussions, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Y'all host podcasts every week, uh, same week as too, right? And maybe you see the viewers fluctuate depending on the topic, right? Now, mm -hmm. would you agree if we're talking about sex and we're talking about men cheating on their wives and stuff of that nature, would people be more in tune to, to uh, participate as far as the podcast is concerned? Or what is it that people shun away from talking about the important issues um, and they talk about, I guess you could say the trash itself. How do you, how do you feel about that? Is that question for me or for one, you know, one of y'all, both of y'all? Okay. Um, I'll just go ahead because I'm talking now, but it, it's, it's, it's always been bothersome to me because, and even down to like, where's though, when we go out to these meetings that are needed for community to organize and galvanize together, because these issues affect us all. But it's just sad, like they frowned up upon us, but you'll get somebody that uh, have a podcast and, and, and it's no shade or hate on my sister. She's doing a thing and she has a, a podcast about um, Data Mall. And she have like 50 to 60 to 80 people on a show, thumbs up. But at the end of the day, uh, like what, what is it called? Data Mall. It's called, it's called Data Mall. It's an app. It's a oh, it's Lord. a show about dating. It's about dating and like dating. It's just about dating. But but she does an amazing job with it. But my whole point is when I look at her on podcast, I'll see 80 to 100 people more easily. Like, no problem. But like West Wednesday, I made when we turned it on, you know, we might see a good 10 or 15. Then after a while, it, you know, dropped down. And it's just like sad. It's just like sad. And I really feel like I, maybe it might be too traumatizing for people. Maybe they don't get it because I remember before my loved one was murdered, I, you know, this is like, like, it's, it's hard to put into words, but when you're not affected a certain kind of way, like recently, just not to skip the gun, but recently with my nephew, um, he became missing in Atlanta and we went through that. But when he became missing, it really opened up that whole world about missing people and how people feel. And oh my God, you can only imagine, but when you go through something like that, the pain hits you totally different. So I really feel like, until it hit them, the way it hit us is like, 
Okay, I, I okay, but would you not would you not say though because of the climate though because of the climate that we're currently in right now, right? They mm -hmm. tell us to be we should be proactive versus being mm -hmm. retroactive. Now, um, my son with my son would kill process. Xavier wanted to go to protest prior to him getting killed. It wasn't with me and Xavier wanted to go to protest. So again, I, I, I to a certain degree I understand as far as they're not affected right now, but you would think because people see out here how bad the climate is and how the police just keep killing us, that they will start paying attention more to like what's going on around them. And said, do you have that same issue or how do you feel about that? Sorry, I didn't quite actually catch the first question, but I think I kind of caught on. Um, I think, you know, I don't know. It kind of, it's weird because we see over time, you know, when there's a high profile killing, when, when you know, the whole country's going, going crazy about it and angry and wanting to go out there and fight. We see it, but you know, we just see it every year. Like right now, there's probably about time for another one of those to start coming soon. And I just don't really know. I don't really know how to place myself on it. I know part of what Tawanda said about some people or one of you ladies said, sorry, just yeah. not affected, but also, it's too traumatizing for some people. Some people, it's better out of sight, out of mind. You know, it's not, it goes back to them not being impacted. But I don't know, it's kind of hard to say because then, you know, when a high a profile killing happens, we have all they these people. Involved. Right. Yeah, and it's, I know a lot of us families that, especially if we haven't got, our, our loved one didn't get national or even that much support in their own community. Uh, it's hard when we see that happen and then we, I know I've had loved ones or family members and people in my own community shouting for people who were killed mm -hmm. across the country, but they don't give mm -hmm. a shit about right. it. Yes. Even if I call an action around that time, they still aren't going to show up. Because in, the, in mm -hmm. the beginning, when my brother was first killed and I saw these happening, I'm thinking, okay, let's next action, you know, maybe people, more people will support because they're being coming aware. But it doesn't even work like that. It's like the same thing. That's less. that. It actually yeah. the, the crazy part about it is that what I learned is that at the beginning, it's like all these people are here, and then the more you have to keep fighting for the case, whatnot, it's like, hello, anybody, anybody gonna show up, you know? And it's kind of like you, you're they're fully aware of what's going on with the cases. So it's like, how do we through using the podcast? Like, I know we're using like, okay, I know our podcast is more so about you know, we say about we have about action. Uh, when it comes to calling DAs, calling, I'm saying you guys about the same thing. Um, when as far as like um, calling the call of action, um, making the call of awareness or whatnot. So when people see these things, like how do you begin? So you said you feel the tension about to happen again, right? But how do how do we keep from just happening again and not staying consistently on the ads? Can Can I interject one thing, um, uh, Latoya? Yeah. Um, we have been. And I, I know I sound like a scratch record, but we have conditioned <laughs> so many different ways. You know, sister talking about uh, people, more eyeballs on a, on a um, podcast that was, that's about dating, date them all. Well, that's, that's entertainment. Mm -hmm. and so we are more, we have been conditioned to be more geared to go for something that's going to entertain us, tickle mm -hmm. our ears, make mm -hmm. us laugh. We gonna laugh ourselves right onto, you know, wherever. And so when it comes to something that's informing or educating us, that doesn't take precedence. Right. And that's something that we as each individual is responsible for. 
Nobody can come to your knock on your door and tell you that you need to educate yourself about who you vote for. You need to educate about who's um, uh, making the laws in your in your town, in your in your county, in your state. Nobody's going to tell you that because why? Because they want to keep the power to themselves. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying don't entertain yourself. By all means, laugh and have fun, but entertain and educate yourself. You can do both. You can do both. And this is a this is a, a epidemic. You know, we talk about high profile cases, all these cases. How many we got? We got a ticker on our website. Seven, mm-hmm. how many? 700 people have been killed by the police. This year. 23. We're only, we're not even through the whole year. That's an epidemic. I just wanted to interject those two things. No, you're exactly right. It's kind of like if you, we're having an epidemic right now, people are just not paying attention. Not paying attention. They're not paying attention. You have the resources out here to utilize. Uh, if you have different podcasts, it is more so what you just said too, is what you're paying attention to, what you're being entertained by. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say something real quick? I definitely agree with you, my queen. Both of y'all make excellent points. But I think the television, and I call it the tele-vision, it plays a whole lot into everything that they feed us. And that's what, you know, the media, like, they're, they're, they're the puppets. They don't put out, like, our story. They make us look like we're the bad guys, like we're bashing yeah. police or, like, we're stone cold crazy because the stuff that they do to us, it's unbelievable. Like, until you walk these shoes, you're never going to believe that they ran an officer out my city by putting dead rats on his car. Nobody's going to believe that until they actually see it. Nobody believed me when I told them somebody broke in my brother's house literally after they murdered him and it looked like a, a house raid and come to find out the leading one the first one that had so many complaints on him almost murdered somebody 24 hours before my brother was a part of a the gun trace task force and that's what they were doing they were robbing people killing them setting them up putting guns but it's like it's more so with this television it's easier to just be entertained than to actually it's almost like we're frogs in a pot you know, we know the saying, if you put frogs in a pot and the water's hot, they're going to hop out. But if you let them just adjust to it, we just adjusting to dying and getting murdered and being entertained. And they always have been using Black African-American people of color for decades for entertainment. Even when we were getting demolished as slaves and being hung from trees, they were using that as entertainment and coming out with stuff like um, Aunt your Mom and all this foolishness to degrade us. But yet we still go and buy the proud of we still go and support it you know it's just sad and i just feel like what we're doing right now is like connecting the dots and us coming together and just bringing that awareness is a real big part of the puzzle that needs to happen i love what you just said about we're just having well the culture more so they're adjusting Mm -hmm. to it right because that's that's what it is Mm -hmm. it's a matter of people getting too comfortable they get comfortable with the matter that it's happening. They're like, oh, another killing. Oh, another hashtag. It's like, nah, you should be tired of saying another killing. You should be tired of another hashtag up at what point in time went. And we should be tired of saying how many more names. We should be tired of saying that because we keep saying the same thing. But that's why that's where the TV come in there because they make mm-hmm. the stuff seem normal. Like all the stuff that now in Baltimore, I don't know if they're doing it in y'all city, but in Baltimore, their target is our juvenile. So everything, I don't care. We could be at a meeting talking about 
um, you know, somebody getting murdered, like somebody grandmother getting shot by the police. The media will shot 545 lies will show up and turn that into, oh, well, what did you say about safe streets and the, the youth doing it? They're going to make it what they want to make it. You know what I mean? It's just sad and disgusting. But and that's why, like my brother's here, like they don't play with the media. They be shutting them down. They be running them away. They be like, no, pack y'all cameras because y'all not. But at the same time, too, we can't really shut the media down because we still need them to get out our stories you know what i mean yeah. so it's just yeah. like it's just it's it's an evil world we live in but we still have to be educated and that's why i always tell people be your own conscience consumer because when the television tell you these lies and have you thinking one thing always do your own research if they give you a victim name and they say oh well this person died like with me i wish before my brother was murdered i was a conscious consumer because when i heard about anthony anderson the one that wound up being the first one um in the streets with us to be interviewed and i told them to interview his family i just thought the news said that this man just pretty much swallowed some drugs and in the neighborhood that he lives in it was like a drug infested neighborhood and he was just over there celebrating his um grandbaby's um birthday party and that's a part of her memory his death date is a part of that memory and it's horrible but i said all that to say i just was thinking when the television told me that lie i'm like oh my god that poor man probably you know and i still felt bad for him still i'm like dang you know he swallowed some drugs and died he and that wasn't even the case and the crazy part they turned around and they murdered my brother and they tried to say the same exact thing my brother might have died from swallowing drugs my brother might have died from the heat all this foolishness lies the television lies because we don't uh do our own investigation Exactly. We believe the television and we just sit here and go along with whatever they're saying. Yeah. We don't follow up with cases. Once right. it's off the news, we don't ourselves become a consumer other than say, let me go on and follow up and look this up, mm -hmm. see what happened in court. And that's mm -hmm. when they keep getting away with murders over and over mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. And though and they feed us, and though they feed us lies, my sister, we're responsible for what we digest. Right? Hello? Amen. That's the truth. Keep digesting lies and keep on keep eating that junk food that cable TV news want to feed you, and you're gonna find out that you're gonna have you're not gonna have a clear conscience about anything. You're not gonna be able to think on your own. You don't be you, you know don't have the ability to do what we call critical thinking to think yeah. what somebody's trying to tell you and be able to reason for yourself. Amen. That's true. Because it's not a coincidence that we all have podcasts, right? And we all feature impacted families. I don't quite sure you all have all heard the narrative of families saying he was afraid for his life, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't care what, what city we're in, what state we're in, we do this from across the state, uh, from, from different areas. And we all hear the same narrative. We can't keep believing the same narrative over and over and over again. And at some point in time, the light bulb got to go off and say, okay, hey, we got to start doing our own investigation. We just say and believe that stuff. So we can't keep believing that stuff. So. Absolutely. That's true. And it's just like my sister just said, we are responsible for what we take in. 
And so yeah. I started by watching the television, open up a book, do research. I started after I figured out they were like playing with my mind and all these lies. I started reading more books and just coming away from that foolishness. And I started learning about the casual killing act. No one oh, knew yeah. about that. Yeah, and that was yeah, that was like happened when and with the casual killing act, if anybody don't know, and it's the same thing that they're doing in 2023, but it was right, when right. back in the 60s, the 1960s, when they had Slave catchers, and the first thing they said in this casual killing act, if a person resists, the well, if the slave resists, they had the right to kill him. And that's the same thing that they're doing now. You resist. And it's right. all about that's, that's the same exact thing. If you look that same up, thing. it's a, the language, the, the, the same yeah. damn thing. Same it's the same thing. thing. Same thing. Amen. But I think the crazy part about it is that people think when you talk like that, they're like, oh, you're running some, you, you're just talking out your ass, right? No, really look that mm -hmm. up. And it's look like, it why up. say that? Look it up. And they've been, and then the crazy part says they tried to with the squeegee kid stuff. They've been doing this since the 1960s. I'm like, are you serious? Like, I was looking at stuff where as though I'm like, oh my God. Like, and then they was discriminating against people. And then like the politicians was coming on saying obese people couldn't work because they were too big and it would take them too long to get to work. And I'm looking like, you gotta be kidding me. And then you had your activists out there saying, you know, we want justice, no justice, no peace. I'm like, this is the same stuff we're doing now in 2023. Same exact thing. So, so the question becomes, um, Marissa, how do we use these podcasts? And as you notice, we're not talking about being uh, com competitive or anything. We're talking about being, we're talking about building coalitions, collaborating, mm -hmm. we can mm -hmm. work together because what the more of us that do the thing together, the more power we have. How do right. we our podcast effectively to start to see the change that we want the accountability that we deserve yeah so i'll just start with it goes for me just to throw it out there first it's still difficult for me because sometimes you know we can't even get our own family our friends to show up for us we can't get people to do supportive things like share our posts even so it's hard to make people do things and even so what I found that is helpful, though, that what has helped me with this podcast and kind of we're going to about to go into a new season pretty soon, and I'm switching it up a little bit. But what's helped me have more people in our circle and people knowing our stories are not just families who had a loved one killed by police. We also have begun by sharing these stories and sharing the details to our experiences. We're meeting other folks who've been wronged in other ways. We're talking to families who have loved ones who are wrongfully incarcerated. We have loved ones who have been almost killed by the police. We have people who have been targeted for different reasons. And these people have been like some of my greatest supporters. Some of these people I've met, they didn't lose a loved one to the police, but they're, they've been wronged by the government, by police, whatever it is, their story is. So I've found that they are a strong ally if we need support. They're the ones who pop up besides families. Um, I think one of the things that we are switching up with going into this next season is we aren't only just doing the interviews by families anymore because I did that for almost two years. I had two babies in between. I, you know, there is a lot, but I, for a while I was doing them every week and, you know, it's, it's a lot. And honest, it's so sad that we could go on forever. 
we have one yeah. family a week, we could go on forever. And that's really, it's a lot. So I started to, you know, just kind of see what I think can be effective to help people and to uh, give a little more back from what I've learned and what other people working with us have learned, other families. So um, some of our podcasts will not just be an interview. It'll be like, what are the steps if you need to sue the police? You know, there's people looking to sue the police. Well, you know what? I've done it. I've no, I've known how to, I know how to do this. I've done it for my family. And, you know, we're not lawyers. We can't give certain advice, but we can share our, because we can share our experiences. I meet families who they'll sometimes be like, well, you're lucky that you have a lawsuit. No, I, I don't think I'm lucky, but because I know how many lawyers I called, how many no's I got told and I know how if I didn't really dive in and attack these people (laughs) then uh, we wouldn't have a lawyer my brother's truth wouldn't be coming out so I don't know if that effectively answered it but I feel like providing the knowledge us sharing our knowledge and even hearing Tawanda's your story about your brother like I I get the chills because things you've shared that I didn't share yet it's our case too you know and it's it's just crazy. So that's, that's the best I can think right now. And uh, I know also showing support back to these other people, including them. And uh, because there's a long time where I'm like impacted families killed by police, but now I'm starting to broaden my network and who, who I care about, you know, what other people I share support. And I know that's a lot. It's a lot because we already got so many impacted families. I'm already at capacity with what I do, but I know it's important because it's not just us that are being wrong. There's so many of us. Um, that's my answer. I don't know if I answered it directly. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. And, and, and the thing is using all the tools in the toolbox, right? Yes, every last tool. Every last yeah. tool. And sometimes mm-hmm. we got to invent some tools. If they don't exist, we got to make them. Yeah, we have, to, we have to, because we're the ones we're waiting for. You know, yeah. there's no cavalry going to come and rescue us and say, oh, Poor uh, sister, poor mother. We're so sad. That's not going to happen. So what we what we say to Wanda is we want to build a system to fight. We want to build a system to fight the system. Amen. And then, and I love that, my queen. And another thing, like one of our tools is using their tools. Like so, when they like in in our case, for instance, with our. I won't even call this man no uh, commissioner with, with, with Mr. Worley, with Mr. Worley himself. What we're doing is you have to, unfortunately, we live in a world where you, you if you can't show it or prove it, then it don't count. So what we need to do is like our tools and our tool bag, we should have all those videos from back then where they were targeting like the squeegee kids. If that's a conversation we want to talk about, say, hey, we're not reinventing the wheel. Let's been going on and start it off and show them that. Show them, you know, all the mistreatment and the same things that we're doing now that they was doing decades ago and just kind of make that connection right there. And then in the case with Mr. Worley, we are just showing them like because he actually in one breath, he's telling me he's been to the scene where my brother was murdered. And I ask some questions. You got to be real strategic in the way you question them sometimes. It ain't best to run your mouth. It's best sometimes just to listen, take That's in it. things. 
speak, whatever. But I didn't say anything as much as I wanted to go in. I'm like, let me just leave him with a question and see what he said at each meeting. Because they only give you two minutes to tell your whole life. But the whole point of what I'm trying to say, I asked him a very important question. Well, on, in my documentation, it said that you were at the scene when my brother was murdered. Were you there? That was one of them. Oh, yeah, I was there. And I said, I want to know how was that scene? And he like, oh, my God, like he choked up. His face was red. He was like, that scene, I can't remember if I was there minutes after your brother was murdered or hours later, but I was there. And that scene was just awful. And then in the next breath at another town hall meeting, you want to say, nobody you never saw a bad cop because good cop because you are you such a good cop you nominated yourself as the good cop and nobody because you're a good cop nobody does bad things in front of you like you just went to a scene where my brother was slaughtered murdered by 17 men and women beat to death laying there dead and you never saw a bad cop like so you got to prove to people you got to show them what you see like and with my thing i sat back when my, my brother was murdered they didn't take no pictures of my brother's autopsy or report. Like he had no pictures. Who does an autopsy and you have no photos? But early in it, I was in the winning. This has all been nothing about but my brother. So what I did was when I went, when they hit his body for five days, I took, when I told the lady, I convinced the um people at the funeral home, please let me go in there and say a prayer with my loved one. Please let me have privacy. We were deprived of this. My brother was murdered five days ago. We're just saying, we're like, okay, put some gloves on. We ain't clean his body. You can only take two family members. I'm like, I ain't taking my aunt. She passing out like me. I'm going to take the two strongest men in my family. And I picked the two, my biggest aunt ever and it was a motive for that and I went in there and we took our own damn pictures I had to turn my back because I couldn't see but we took our own damn pictures and they killed they slaughtered my brother so I got this thing you got this what you can prove nowadays it's always and then I learned it ain't even about what's wrong or right it's who can prove what and it's sad because you got to think about it we get like the same way we get an attorney to you know represent our slaughtered loved one they get the killers get an attorney I think part of that has to be when it comes to educating ourselves too, right? Uh, that's the portion of our education. Uh, we can, I, I know for myself, you think about what you learned in high school, what you learned in grade school when it comes to like law enforcement and stuff like that. That does not apply to what's going on now. You might have learned about certain killings and here and there, like, like you said, the high profile ones, but as far as like the actual how they treat us real for real, that does not apply like towards now. So again, that's upon us to educate ourselves to when it comes to our quote unquote proving it, because you can still quote unquote prove it and then still mm -hmm. get off. How many right. times you seen up here? They'll have it on camera, they'll have it on tape, and if they'll get house arrest like that, they'll, they'll, they'll get something where you know the crime does not fit the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like even with proving it, I think we got to right. still go take it back a little farther than that when it comes to these laws that's put in place. Because the laws that's put in place are not still going to affect us in the end game. Mm -hmm. yep. Even to the, to the point that the prosecutors who are, that we, that serve us because we're the ones who pay their salaries and we're the ones that they vote, that vote them in and out for the most part. They are, they collude with the police officers. So mm -hmm. even if you could, even if you could maybe get an indictment, the fact that they're so in, in, um, intertwined with these law enforcement, um, people mm -hmm. is it, 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 um, it helps, it, it doesn't help us to get 
to a place where we're now getting accountability. So they'll just say, oh no, we, we chose not to indict them. Even like you said, if they got all the information, somebody stood there, traumatized, watched the whole thing and taped it. And they still say, oh yeah, we chose not to. That's a problem. That and is that's what I'm, But that's what I'm going through right now. Prime example, the first killer Ruiz who murdered my brother. He's married to a state prosecutor. He's married to Michelle Battle. Like I was gonna go crash their wedding and everything. I was gonna go crash and they must have got wind that I was coming and they switched and moved their whole wedding venue to a whole nother spot because I was going up in there. I'm telling you, I was going up in there. But, but even still, Swana, as you say that, it's kind of like what we already know there's a conflict of interest, right? Like there. Mm -hmm. And that's like this common sense. It's like, why are those things even allowed? That's all my understanding. Right. How is that allowed? And does this keep happening? Because there's no place in the courtroom for a black or brown person, man. I'm trying to tell you, these laws, they don't even look at us as human beings, so we can start right there. Let's start right there to the Constitution. They don't even look at us as human beings. We oh, three, four of them, and that's ridiculous. Like, it, that's what it all embodies in. All however, falls down here. However, we are citizens of this country. And when yeah. you say the Constitution, we, we need to know what the Constitution says that we have rights to as citizens. See, another place where we need to educate ourselves. So yeah. you can see me as a human being. However, the Constitution that, that yeah. you, you like to hold up and, and, and parade around when it benefits you is the same Constitution that says that each one of us are citizens. And because mm -hmm. we're citizens, we have the right to address things like this in the civil court or criminal court, right? And so when we know that, then we don't back down when it comes to, oh, well, we, we chose not to indict. Well, okay, who else I need to talk to? Because apparently you're not gonna help me. But a lot of times we don't we do not do those things because we don't know our rights. Go ahead, Tamara, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm glad she said that because we had... Um, one of my um, beautiful sister queens, the mother of Darnell. I mean, I'm not Darnell. I'm so sorry. So many victims. I apologize. But her son name was Donald. And pretty much a uh, Marcellus Don. Marcel, I can't. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. But anyway, his mother did something very unprecedented. She was the first one to access the grand jewelry on her own. And that's why, Sister Queen, when I see you doing certain things that they say, oh, you can't get. And you like, oh, no, I'm doing this for my son. And I salute you because you know certain things that you can do. So that's very true. That's very true. Because it comes back to educating ourselves. Um, I think it's even when I think back to when Zay got killed, right? And uh, I remember me asking the district attorney about me seeing the videotape. And this dude kept telling me I had to have a lawyer to see the videotape. And then I thought about it now. I'm like, well, well hold on. If I thought the case myself without a lawyer, how the hell are you going to tell me I need to have a lawyer? When mm. you know, I had childhood, I did not need to have a lawyer, but because I was uneducated at the time, I believed that shit, you know, mm -hmm. and I believed that I had to get a lawyer. But no, it's my right as a citizen to move the same way the lawyer moved and whatnot, because that, that's my right, period, mm -hmm. you know. So I think a lot of times I hear people say, I haven't seen the tape yet. Why not? Because my lawyer said so. Well, that. That, that's not how it's going to work. You know, I think we have to do a better, better job as far as um, educating ourselves. I think through these podcasts, um, I think you ladies, each time I watch your podcast, I hear it or like, or watch the read the episodes or whatnot, because I think it, one, I always learn about a new person, which is really sad, you know, um, 
you know, you've been going, it have been going for a long time, but I think it's sad because we do have a new episode each week. That's sad because that lets us know there's another victim that's out there for next week, right? And it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's a podcast that you want to have that, that you shouldn't have, have to have. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of us using the media um, in our sense, um, social media, whether it's on Facebook or on Instagram or YouTube to get the victim's name out there. Uh, but so what would you say you would want to tell the audience as far as uh, when it comes to Voices of Strength, how often are you airing? And what would you say when it comes to like call of action to, that you find? What can we find information about your podcast at? So we're currently not airing right now. I do want to say one thing. Uh, the thing about Voices of Strength, which, uh, you know, the education just overall, and I, I see it with your guys, your podcast as well. I still, I, even though I haven't aired it, I haven't aired in at least a year. And I still am getting lots of hours watched every, every month. I still get updates about we're getting watched and I still get contacted by families who are like, wow, the same thing happened to me. So I'd like to want to said earlier, the awareness and that we're all in this place together, connecting the dots and bouncing stuff off of each other. That helps so much. And I, information that I've shared from, in my own personal experience with my brother's faith has helped newer families and I know that so I think what we're all doing is very important so thank you ladies too and um so back but I'm sorry I kind of got caught up without answering the question but we plan on starting later this year so probably it's in December uh I feel like this year is just really coming back by we're gonna have at least two episodes I'm not committing to the one a week because you know how much that is so we're doing two a week but again sticking to interviews but also we're doing educational talks and things Wait, like you that said two so. a week you said you just say you're doing one i week. mean then you just say i'm like well hold on now you just you went back two, two a month i'm like okay. i can't no yeah two a month because i have been doing all like all that every aspect of it so i'm like just trying to be realistic getting uh, getting back into it. But, uh, you know, I am excited. I felt like after so many weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, it kind of, it did drain me. It did get, it, it got me very tired. I felt really, I had to take a little breather. So now I'm kind of getting back into, you know what, I'm ready to get back on, bring a little different aspect to it and to the families, because this whole thing is, you know, we're self-educated with this. We're learning, reading, researching, learning about cases. So I feel like I'm better uh, able to handle that right now, that next step with, um, yeah, with it. So all of our stuff can be found on voicesstrength.info. We have uh, some episodes, our episodes on Facebook have more comments and that's helpful to people that are watching because some of them have a lot of comments with other families also sharing a lot of people have connected there, but we're also on YouTube. Um, and the other thing I will, oh, thank you. Yeah, th- so those are all the episodes we've done. Uh, it's at 40, I believe now. And um, yeah, there's a lot there. You know, a lot of families came on and shared. So yeah, uh, we also are on Instagram too. We try to we're on Facebook too, but I swear we're shadow banned. We're not barely getting any views, but on Instagram, uh, we really just try to share the fa- our perspective 
you know, so it's mine or other people with their sharing things like the narrative, like I've made educational posts, like about what a false narrative is. And like, even to tell our people, because sometimes people, when they're talking about a story, they'll repeat the narrative of the police because that's what everybody knows it as. I try to encourage people, don't ever repeat that. Don't ever repeat that narrative because what we know to be fact is that the cops killed that person, but everything else is just hearsay and we know we know how they move so things like that just trying to give like a different angle of all of this and um yeah that's it thank you what about your uh podcast tawanda and it's west yeah it's it's west wednesday you can find us um on the justice for tyrone west so you can hashtag we're on youtube twitter twitch instagram all that. So just all you got to do is hit the hashtag West Wednesday sign and you'll be able to see us. And unfortunately, I can't stop. Like, I can't give it a break. I can't stop. Like, I'm on vacation. I started my vacation today. And as you can see, I'm here and, you know, doing what I got to do. And I'll be out tomorrow on the streets in um, Baltimore City on Greenmount 33rd at 7 o'clock p.m. But we'll be um, posting live online. And even when I go, and I'm going to Long Beach this week, you know, after tomorrow, I'll be in Long Beach. And then when I come back next week, I'm going to Atlanta because I have to go get my nephew. So I'll be doing a West Wednesday from Atlanta, Georgia next week. Pretty awesome. That'd be awesome. And you guys keep in mind, too, with all the podcasts, uh, West Wednesdays, Voice of Strength, Life of the Impact. We're, we, we, you can find all of us on any um, uh, podcast platforms. Uh, you can also listen to the episodes after the argument in the car. The whole point of having a podcast, one is to highlight what's going on, but also to educate ourselves too and on how we can move forward. No one has all the answers. We don't have all, because if we did, we wouldn't still get killed right now. But mm-hmm. we can still begin to educate ourselves. We can go on and get, get the answers. It is important to go back and look at some of these cases, take the time out when you want to have your little free entertainment time, take the time out and go back and listen to some of these cases, whether it be on Life of the Impact, whether it be Voice of Strength, whether it be on West Wednesdays. And the good thing about it, I know for a fact, we don't all air on the same day. Um, and then, like I said to you mm-hmm. again, um, you can also watch this on your own time. So there's no reason why you can't get involved in for change. Uh, let's try to get, uh, let's make it our culture now to be proactive that it is retroactive, right? We got, y'all get car insurance because it's like it's an accident we're trying to fix your car, right? So right mm-hmm. now, look at us as in the same kind of answer with people. Now, we don't have all the answers. I'm going to say it again, but we got to stop being proactive so that we can, like, because they, they're killing us. They're still killing us. So process that works, yes, but when it comes to, like, educational sides and, like, legislation, what's going on that side, we have to do better as a culture, we got to do better as a culture. So let's start here by at least learning the stories of how you can do better. This is three avenues you got right here, you guys, whether you're sharing the podcast, whether you're listening, or whether you're just learning about the stories, find ways that you two can get involved. Yes. And it sounds like between the three podcasts, we do have enough to start our own channel. Yeah, I think right. we should start our channel, sis. I, I really I'm think saying, so. Yeah. I'm just saying, what y'all think? Hey, because yes. between the three of us, between the three uh, podcasts, we do have a lot of content. Yeah, you know, that's a whole lot. So that's something we can mm-hmm. also think about. We did, like, we all trying to get to some place where everybody, every family deserves accountability. Yeah. Justice would have been not killing our loved one. 
Come on now. Come on, sis. Accountability. We all deserve it. We mm. all deserve it. And and um, like the sister was saying, you know, they try to make the victim the villain in these yeah. cases. So we got to be smarter. We got to think and listen we with the third eye and get educated. Please, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Roxanne, just one more point too. We got to get smart when it comes to don't wait to after the so-called investigation is done to get involved. Because that's when all the bullshit happened. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. That, and that, and that's, that's that's real. When you start reading those documents mm-hmm. and stuff, you be like, "Y'all wrote what?" And by this point right. in time, it's too late. So you really yeah. cannot wait to get involved. Like I said, we gotta start being proactive, y'all. When they say somebody got killed, why the police would not be getting involved in documents? They keep saying we can't have some investigation. You just keep pressing that door. Keep pressing the door. The door don't open. Yeah. Go through the window. Find a way to get through. But keep pressing through, y'all, because a lot of that bullshit happens doing a so-called investigation we gotta start a way to like to change that absolutely 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 so we we go um we got a little bit of time but is there anything else that you two um would like to interject about podcasting and how we can um use it to get accountability for our loved ones i wanted to say like in my case when like our introduction to uh, West Wednesday is highlight the first killer cop, even though I want all 17 in a cell block, but because Ruiz had got popped up back in the news and he had so many victims, he was the first one on the scene. That's the one that's married to Michelle Battle on the state's prosecutor. But we always played a video of him like with real victims that came before my brother. And even afterwards, you get what I'm saying? So just showing that kind of stuff and just letting people really see and then and leaving that burden of weight, what are you going to do about this? Like, this is not for entertainment. Unfortunately, this is not the dating app. We trying to get people held accountable. Yeah, just that type of thing. Yes, absolutely. What about you, Marissa? Yeah, I feel a big part of it too is that the fact that we're reaching out to other families, all of us have done that and you know it's visible and we've been doing it and you know lifting them up giving them a space to speak and kind of teaching them there's some families where I talk to them right after and we still talk I just got called one from one today about her crazy updates her federal case so I was on the call with her earlier I just feel like us continuing to do this and empowering other individuals is a big piece of this because I know some of these families just like, I've never spoken about it. You're the first person who actually asked me about my son out of everyone. So I think that's important. And that's, I've always tried to, it's, it's bigger than us. It's bigger than each of us. So the more people we got on our team that's willing to speak out, willing to show up and building a coalition of families and other impacted people. Um, thank you for that. And speaking of which, we talked to Ronald Green's mother last weekend. That was last week, last Tuesday. Well, tomorrow is September the 27th. And one of the asks that she had was that um, people who are in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area show up at the Capitol at 1230 because they're going to have a pre-rally in, in, um, in, uh, before they have the case, which is in October. So if you're down there, Louisiana, close to Louisiana, driving through Louisiana, Baton Rouge, show up to the state capitol and support this family. 
because Ronald Green was executed by the police down there, by the state police. We had her executed the paparazzi. And we had his mother on last Tuesday. And so we, we like, we, in addition to bringing information, we like to spur people to action. The other thing that's important to remind you of is what? To register and vote. So if you never registered and voted in your life, guess what? You can have a new experience. It's not that hard. You can go online, you can get your form, fill it out. But then what you need to do is educate yourself about the people who are running in your town, in your county, in your state, so that you vote in people who have the like-mindedness to prosecute people for our loved ones when they have been um, wrongly uh, executed by law enforcement. When people say, uh, when, I, when I'm learning, well, this is what I feel when I'm learning, and people say my vote doesn't count, that's because you have to educate yourself enough on the candidates for your vote to count. Yeah. Uh, if you spend enough time out here and you talk to these, listen to the candidates, I don't, you don't got to have a one on one with them or listen to what they're about, and then your vote would count. So, like what Sam said again, now, don't just register and actually vote. Yeah, right. Actually vote and then follow what these candidates are doing, right? Follow what they're doing. If they're not doing the right job, hold them accountable. And then at that point in time, get them out of there. We gotta we gotta keep the cycle. We gotta learn how to rethink the system, right? We gotta build a system to fight the system. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And nobody's there. We don't have any permanent uh politics politicians, but we do have permanent issues. That's permanent it. concerns. And our permanent concerns are killer cops gotta go. <laughs> And people who need to be held accountable for their behavior must be held accountable for their behavior. Full stop. Full stop. Right. And so we want to remind you of those things. Uh, anything else you want to add, Latoya? Oh, last but not least, you guys, uh, don't forget as well. Please visit us. Um, we have a website at lifeafterimpact.org. Um, find out for resources. Uh, like Roxanne said, we do also want to tip from there that tells you how people have been killed so far within the United States from police brutality. We also try to provide resources on um, just things as far as uh, statute of limitations, um, our civil rights, because we gotta like again, it's about educating ourselves. No, it's not. It's not like you know a, a date in that. It's not gonna be you know somebody up here talking like that. This ain't that. But this is about educating ourselves so we can move forward. We as a culture, we have to learn how to do better. Uh, I think Tawanda said it earlier that um, I want to say she said it so many words that we get we, we got comfortable. And that's what it is. Y'all, y'all want to all chase the bag and get the bag. Once you get the bag in the house and, the, and my man, my man, y'all good to go. But once they kill your man, your man, then what you gonna do? That's the thing. We as a culture have gotten to do better. So that's all I want to say. Be sure to visit us at lifeafterimpact.org. Um, uh, donate if you can because this work is not free. Um, as far as fighting for justice, y'all, it, it just costs money as far as getting lawyers and things that make us concerned. This is with any podcast, with our podcast, any um, others you see that is fighting for justice, make sure you are supporting the right people. So that's all I got to say to Wanda and um, Marissa. Thank you guys so very much for joining us, and I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. No, we appreciate. I wanted, to add, I wanted yeah. to add and close and thank you guys so much. And you guys just reminded me when West Wednesday was started, we actually got the racist Greg Bernstein kicked out of office. Uh, we went down. We 
We shut him down. We told people not to vote for him. We went places where they told us, oh, they're not going to listen to y'all. And they did. And we got that racist piece of trash out of office. So thank you, guys. So, yeah. so let that again, so it works. Y'all see that it works. So we're not just saying that, so just to talk it. If y'all mm-hmm. see you got a, poli- a politician, or I don't have so many, I don't have a politician, I don't have a politician, I don't have different words for it or not, right? <laughs> but if you had a people in office, there are ways for people who are not doing their job, get them out of offices. Like again, you learn all the tools in the toolbox. We talked about a pack before as well. You gotta utilize all those things to keep moving forward for change. Yes, yes. So thank you both for joining us this, this evening. This has been Life After the Impact. Get involved, people. Get involved. See you next time. Good night. When I appear Oakland, I'm thinking about the Black Panther Party for self-defense. So, you know, there's a, a tremendously long history of people organizing in this community and movement building in this community. There was a groundwork laid that created the space for that kind of organizing to happen. There's probably tons of leaders that were in position to organize the community. When I look at what happened in Ferguson. And even now, when you look at what happened in Louisville, when we went on the ground, the same thing happens. Tons of money dropped into a particular community. And initially what that causes, a tremendous amount of infighting. And while that infighting is happening, you know what happens? There's a bunch of organizers in Louisville who were murdered. And people, I don't know how this happened. If you look at what happened with the Panthers and in Oakland and across the movement, there was COINTELPRO. The government infiltrated the movement and created divisiveness in the movement. And some of that was through money. Some of that was through organizations. Some of that was through agent provocateurs. They have a very sophisticated approach to dismantle us. Anytime there's a moment that happens where we do get visibility and we're able to create attention, it's a moment where we can transform the system. It's the moment when we can actually, I always say it all the time, you have to build a system to confront the system. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it.